I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the final ever episode of Friends with friends or at least that's what some people behaved like i was saying when i shared a list of episodes remaining to request dave did you see this firstly uh sort of but not really no i thought you posted it so i um, shared the episodes that were left that hadn't been uh requested and a lot of people saw that as the remaining episodes of Friends with Friends, which was not the case because we have a number, large number of requests that we've not yet got to. Oh, I see. But even if they were the re- remaining episodes, that's, there was still like a good 20 on there. Well, right? exactly. But there was some messages and a couple of comments on the old Instagram of people being like, oh my God, this is a sign that it's near. No, it's not. I like that some over. people maybe thought that we were just like, look, these are the ones that are left and we can't be fucked doing them. So we're calling yeah. it a day. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it there. Um, these so ones are shit. I think it's just important to clarify that um, despite the fact that we are uh, chugging ever closer to the end of series nine of Friends of Friends, we are nowhere near the end of Friends of Friends. No, absolutely not. You can relax for the time being, everybody. And also, yeah. what is nice to see is that despite the fact we certainly have done a large majority of the episodes, we've certainly not yet hit the point where it's clearly just the dregs. Do you know what I mean? Oh, no, because we keep getting ones requested and I think, oh, I'm surprised that one's not gone Yeah, yet. it's quite, uh, like, uh, I don't want to say it, Pete, but we've stumbled upon a very clever way of doing it here, haven't we? We have, Because yeah. everybody's got their different favourites. So Aren't we good? Aren't we, we good? just sort of visionaries in many ways, yeah. you know? That's, yeah, that is right. the thing to, if you take anything from this week, look at that post with yeah. the remaining episodes and just think, God, the visionaries that they are. Do you want a little um, spreadsheet fact? Oh, always. Uh, as a result of a couple of messages that we've had in response to that Instagram post, um, there are now no remaining episodes available to request of, um, I think it's season three of Friends, and that's the first time we have fully maxed out the requests for we've, a series. We've of done a season. We've completed one season. Well, we will have done by the time we've done all the requests. Oh, I see. <laughs> so yeah. nowhere near, basically. Is oh, yeah. We've, no, we're still not there yet. Crikey. See, that, even that in itself is impressive, considering how many we actually have left compared to how many we've done. How yeah. many have we done? Do you know? Episodes? Yeah. Oh, fuck knows. <laughs> and it's therein the lies that I like, the, the, stats. <laughs> the attention to detail. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, everybody this. just calm the goddamn hell down. Fine. So that's how you want to start it? with that sort of energy, right? Yeah, yeah. An aggressive message. Yeah. To begin the podcast. Sometimes you've got to be tough with people, you know? Do you know what, Pete? I agree. Uh, should we talk about friends? Yeah. His, uh, his request is it this way. That is such a good point, Pete. Would you like me to tell you? Uh, is their name Mark? I think, in many ways, their name is Mark. Yes. Okay. And that's because this message has been sent by Mark. Uh, with Mark a with a C, C isn't it? Yes, yeah, Mark with a C. Not your traditional Don't get many Mark. marks with a C, do you? You don't, but when you meet one, you sort of notice it, don't you? You remember it, yeah. You do remember it. So, top tip to all you Marks out there. If you want to get noticed a bit more, K to C, baby. K to C. Get rid of the K. Absolutely. Get rid of the K. Or, ooh, what do you think about Mark with both a C and a K? Uh, that has a sort of... Like there's quite a sort of Eastern European Eastern, harshness yes. to the end of that, sort Mark. of Polish. Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite like it though. If I was a Mark, maybe I would do that. Cool. If I was a John Markson or a Mark Johnson, Mark. Good to know. Uh, anyway, hi guys, massive fan of the podcast. I've been here since massive fan, massive. massive. Fan. Well, here's how much of a massive fan because this is a rarity. I've been here since day one. I am not sure my family have been here since day one, you know? We were barely there on day one. Barely, yeah, if you ever listen back to them. Uh, It's the highlight of my week. Oh, well, you'd be pleased to know, Mark, that the podcast has still got a long way to go, frankly, Um, as mentioned previously. I'd like to request the one with the dirty girl, mainly because my stance on the dirty girl has changed over the years. When I was younger, I always thought, Jesus, Ross, she's hot, just get on with it. And now at 37 years old, I'm just like, nah, Ross, please walk away now. Keep up the good work, guys. Love you both. Um, yes, yes. I think me and Mark will have similar opinions on this, actually. That's an interesting perspective that we shall dive into after a synopsis and a production code, Pete, that has not one six, not two sixes. Oh, no. Not three sixes. Fuck. Not five sixes, but four sixes. Oh. Four. Six, six, six. six. Yeah, oh, six. Sort of so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, quite like that, though. Yeah, it's quite satisfying, isn't it, actually? A lot of sixes there. Yeah. Even though three of them are in a row, and that's yeah. a bit... That, that gives good production code. A bit satany, though, isn't it? Uh, here is your synopsis. Phoebe helps Monica cater a funeral, but the widow intimidates Monica to avoid paying. Phoebe then takes charge, demands the widow settle the bill... And they ultimately decide to start their own catering business together. Meanwhile, Chandler reluctantly helps Joey find Kathy a birthday present better than the one he bought for her, uh, which was a limited edition book from Kathy's childhood, ultimately sacrificing his own gift to substitute for Joey's tacky one. And Ross, revolted by his beautiful new girlfriend's girlfriend, filthy apartment, finally calls it quits. And Rachel is determined to complete a crossword puzzle without help. <laughs> Big afterthought vibes to uh, Rachel's experience. I think that's where episode, we have to start it? because there are technically four plots. And whilst everybody else is neatly paired off in quite well thought out plots that contribute to the overall series arc, Rachel's entire plot is doing a crossword in the paper. Do you want to know what note I wrote about this, uh, about Rachel's crossword? Plot? Yeah. I wrote Rachel's crossword plot. <laughs> is that what you wrote? That's that's all I got. This is uh, the only thing I can say for this is it's how I remember the year Rent won Best Tony. 
1996. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah. That's the only uh, sort of positive spin I can put on this on this plotline. It's such an afterthought, isn't it? Like even to the point where other plots are going on in the background while Rachel's just doing a crossword. Like they've mm. forgotten to write Rachel in, and on the day they were like, "Okay, so in the kitchen we'll do the whole thing about Kathy's present." Uh, Jen, you just sit on the sofa. Is that right? And she's like, well, "What am I doing in this episode?" Like, oh, here's a paper. Do the crossword. <laughs> yeah, she's not even really contributing much to any other plot, is she? She's just no. sat there with a fucking crossword. No, the only real contribution she has to any other plot is is being snarky at the beginning of Ross's with, yeah, you know, when he comes into the coffee shop um and that's not a great sort of color on rachel either so after that she's just she's just doing a crossword and also considering this whole thing is i want to do it on my own like she's cheating a lot isn't she oh yeah very much so she's getting answer suggestions out of everyone else it's not i don't really understand what sort of satisfaction she's deriving from this frankly um but there you go should we start with uh where do you want to start yeah do you want to start with ross then yeah why not um, because Rachel is sort of sitting there. She's the only one that can find fault with this, isn't She's really trying to struggle to to find a way to dig at Ross about this incredibly beautiful woman that he's he's dating. I do like that he's sort of equally as incredulous about the physical appearance of his date as well. He's like, yeah. I know! It is, it's very endearing to see Ross being so self-depreciating, isn't it, you know? Yeah. He's just sort of like, yeah, what the what the fuck, lads? What, how have and I done? He's just this? so happy, so smoke, swinging on his chair. Oh, and he's falling back on his chair. They teach you not to do that in schools, don't they, Peter? Well, they do. Do you know what? I once was, and and this person will remain nameless. I was once due to uh, interview an MP, mm-hmm. and uh, they cancelled on the interview. And their reason was because they'd been swinging on a chair, fell off backwards, and banged their head. <laughs> The same MP uh, cancelled the rearranged interview because their dog had uh, a stomach problem. Who's the MP? Can you say? I'm, I'm not, I, can't, I can't tell you that, no. Can you tell me and believe it out? I'll, t- I'll text you it. All right. Um, hang on. Oh. Yeah, they seem like a bit of an idiot, don't they? I didn't say that. I just gave you the facts of what No, I'm, I'm saying that. Okay. And also based on the stories you just said. Yeah, I think uh, that helps. Fine. Um, continue, continue. So there you go. Yeah. Adults do swing on chairs with dire consequences. Well, Ross is looking to get off lightly here then, to yeah. talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> I also like that Ross is using one of Monica's catchphrases. That that I know that's a Monica catchphrase, isn't it? Mm. Sort of borrowed that for the for the purposes of this. I also just really enjoy the complete lack of subtlety with which they're watching through the window. They're not sort of sitting on the couch watching. They're all standing by the window, staring. Yeah. Like, that'd be incredibly off-putting for anyone, both for, for her and for Ross, I would have thought. Oh, I've actually remembered a Rachel bit in this episode that's to do with Ross that I like. Oh, yeah? When she has that dig at his hair product. Uh, that is funny, isn't it? The destructive oils. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. is funny. But again, still, she's still in very snarky mode, isn't she? She's in very defensive mode in this episode. Very basically. snarky for someone who can't complete a crossword. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Also, like, in the nicest possible way, rent is a four-letter word. Presumably, she already had at least two of them. Like, if you're not working that out for yourself, mm. you ain't good at crosswords, are you? No, that's a If it was a long point. word with, like, a couple of letters knocking about, Especially if it's a high-profile musical at the time. Well, absolutely. Clearly, they. I mean, they don't go to a lot of Broadway shows, do they? Considering they live in New York. No, my mind went off on a little 
journey through that idea earlier, but it's very uninteresting to everybody else, I imagine. Uh, anyway, back to Ross and... Uh, oh, thank you for sharing that thought, though. You cause... are welcome. What's the dirty girl called? Cheryl. Uh, I Cheryl. don't know, actually. I think she's Cheryl? Cheryl. Yeah, I think so. I've completely forgotten. Um, considering that... So they went on... Was their first date him cooking her a meal at home? Uh, seemingly, because she knows that it smells of soap. Yeah, and he says he cooked her dinner. Again, it just feels like quite a... Their relationship is strange, is what I'd say. But, you know, this is their first date. They didn't go out. They went to Ross's house. They're seeing each other again tomorrow. Mm, intense. Chill the fuck out, guys. I mean, this whole episode is full of chill the fuck out, which we'll get onto in a minute. But second date tomorrow, they clearly go out, they go back to hers. Like, I don't know. The, 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 dirty, the dirtiness isn't even really the red flag for me here. It's horrible. It's disgusting. And as Mark What is point, the red flag? The, the red flag is the huge lack of self-awareness about it. That she's not aware that her yeah. flat's it. Yeah. Like, how do you operate in the real world in any way if... Well, she herself is quite presentable. Well, exactly. She's not sort of messy no. uh, aesthetically, is she? She doesn't look like someone that lives in a flat like that. I'm amazed she can get clean enough to leave the flat. Like, yeah. there's no place in her flat seemingly where there's a clean corner, you know? Um, but it's that sort of lack of self-aware. Like, I get... I know that some people are messy or some people have these things. And, like... I'm not Captain Tidy, Pete, but if there's a bit of mess and someone's coming round, I'll tidy up. Captain that's, Tidy. That's, that's your first thing, isn't it? Yeah, I gave myself a rank. What are you going to do about it? Um, no, I respect it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's the real main problem for me here is the, is the complete lack of self-awareness. And I totally agree with Mark in that request. Like, actually, the scenes in her apartment, I think, and I was eating a pizza but they genuinely made me feel a bit queasy. It's the bit where he puts his hand in that like tar-like substance. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't know. What's the brown sticky liquid? And But the, the funny bit is when his sort of horrified screams turn into sort of foreplay moans. That's that's good. Yeah, he's he, bless him, he is really trying, isn't he? Like, I, don't, I would not have got that far, certainly. Like, as soon as the hand went in the brown liquid, I'm out. Yeah. And I think I'd probably be out much earlier than that, frankly. But that would certainly have been the absolute breaking point otherwise. Because I would like, I want to know why that's there, what it is. Um, I, I do enjoy the hamster. Right. And the uh, brief moment of horror at the thought of Ross. I think with a tennis racket, is it? That he sort of thrashes around at the mm. what's thought to be a hamster. Considering he knows she has a hamster, I'd say pretty bad form to immediately take some sort of sports racket and absolutely smash anything that's moving. But a rat is much bigger than a hamster. That's true. I'm presuming he just saw movement, but mm. either way. Yeah. Either way, it feels like, you know, had he killed her hamster, that is, you know, he's put himself really in the on the back foot then. He mm. had all the moral high ground up until that point. And if he kills a hamster, Christ. He's the buddy, you know? But I think you could understand you could I I could understand why he'd accidentally kill a ham <laughs> Not a sentence you'd nope. want to be taken out of context. But I could understand why you'd sort of panic and lash out at a moving item in such surroundings. Yeah, perhaps. I'm not sure I'd lash out. I think I might jump up and move away. I'm not sure I'd I'd attack you know but as we've previously discovered pete i care about all of god's creatures and you hate baby seagulls so 
Um, I guess I guess we're just different people, you know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. When it comes to taking care of nature, I don't know. I don't want to. I wouldn't hit a seagull with a tennis racket, though. <laughs> A uh, couple of extra things before we move on. I really like Ross's line of, uh, you know, you put your jacket on a chair at the end of the day. Uh, imagine instead of a jacket, yeah. it's a pile of garbage, you know, the pile of garbage, pile of garbage thing. Uh, the way he delivers that is very funny and is only enhanced by the fact we learn that Joey can't tie a tie in that same scene, which absolutely tracks with his character, doesn't it? Yeah, that is great. It's a great reveal like halfway through that scene that Ross isn't yeah, tying the tie for himself. I'd actually completely forgotten about that. And then I was thinking, why is Ross getting dressed at Joey's? Like, it, it just slips my mind completely. And so it's a really nice, it was a nice surprise reveal for me on the 7,000th time of watching. That was nice. Um, I Also, one of my favourite lines in this episode comes from Ross, where he's trying to coax her around to his instead of staying in her sort of hovel. Oh, yeah. And he goes, uh, could break open a box of cinnamon fruit toasties. <laughs> that is great. He is thinking on the spot. And what we learn is Ross isn't great at thinking on the spot. Yeah. Uh, what's a fruit we, toasty is that a pop tart uh, I don't know should we have a look probably they have, they've got pop tarts though you know cinnamon fruit toasties oh they do look quite good actually oh they're great uh, oh it's just I mean it is just a toasty isn't it but with like a toasty, yeah. like a sweet toasty Oof, oh, fair that play. looks great that looks that really would, nice that would get me around around their place his place yeah, I mean, do you know what? That's another red flag from her. The fact she wasn't immediately torn by a, the cinnamon fruit toasty. Mm. Crikey. Uh, on to Monica and Phoebe and their catering business, is it? Yes, I like the um, the 60 guests um, <laughs> line at the start, where Rachel thinks 60 people died. Uh, yeah, and then it's sort of clarified that only one person died, but then it turns out actually two people died because the best friend of the guy died. And it is an accident. So an something accident. horrendous does happen. Yeah, it sounds quite bad, doesn't it, really? Like, not a lot of people, I know this is part of the joke, but not a lot of people seem to be particularly in mourning at this funeral where it seems like a minimum of two friends died. Mm. Also, um, uh, there's the nice bit where Phoebe gives Monica the money to get her going, you know, Mm. get her moving. That's a nice thing for Phoebe to do. Um, But the thing that Monica buys to cater what seems to be quite a funeral-based catering business, um, is she she buys what she needs for an omelette station. I think, imagine made-to-order omelettes at a funeral. A funeral, yeah. Yeah, it is bizarre. What I mean, A, that for $500, she seems to think she can entirely sort of set up an entire catering business with all the equipment you need. I thought, that's weird. I'm sure she'd need more than that. But then it turns out all she's actually buying is a few pans. Yeah. And trying to offer omelettes. Like, who's who's having an omelette? You're right. You're absolutely right. Also, I say 100% of her catering business is funerals, isn't it, really? What do you say is an acceptable food to have at a funeral? I've not actually been to that many funerals, thinking about it. Uh, and, I, I mean, I think, you're talking your sort of standard buffet, right? I think so. Finger food and such, you know? Yeah. I think funerals, though, these days do fall into two categories, don't they? There's the sort of like tr- the trad funeral, and then a lot more happening is the celebration of life, wear fancy colours, and we'll all drink cocktails, you know? Yeah. So maybe there are sort of two strands of funeral catering this in this day and age, which, again, is a topic I wasn't expecting us to I just think discuss. that while grieving, 
Or, although the, the the bit after a funeral, the the mood lightens considerably, doesn't it? Because everyone's relieved that it's yeah. out the way, the worst of it. But I still don't think I'm in the mood to queue up for an omelette. I just think an omelette is a very breakfasty food overall. And also, a, not a easy to eat while socialising. No, well, exactly, exactly. It's got to be, it can't be sit down cutlery, can it? No. You're not carrying an omelette around with you. No. Um, one imagine of my favorite, imagine one. carrying an omelette around. At a, at a wake. Well, exactly. Exactly. There's just no social situation in which that's acceptable, is there? <laughs> Drink in one hand, omelette in the other. <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's like a, a handheld omelette, so you can just sort of, like a burrito omelette, you know? Yeah. Wrap it up with a bit of foil, and then you can carry it around in one hand. Yeah. Just bite it. Anyway, we're overthinking this, some would say. Um, where's Phoebe's money coming from? Then she's not working either, but she has money to splash on Monica's catering company. She's investing. Isn't she? Isn't she? But considering Monica's problem is she's unemployed and has no money, Phoebe, we learned, is also unemployed. Um, a lot of money knocking about, isn't there? Yeah, it's true. Uh, Phoebe delivers one of my favourite lines in all of Friends, uh, which I sort of bastardise quite often if 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 Good the word. situation calls for it. Um, thank you. Which is the, uh, what's, what's with all the negativity? You sound like Monacant, not Monacan. Yeah, that is and good. And the pause to like Monaca. Um, anyone whose names end... With with uh, CA, I've I've used that before, but it does require a a very specific name and b a very specific situation. Erica, Eth- Erica, Veronica. Uh... <laughs> cool, cool. Uh... <laughs> Weird bit when Phoebe immediately demands the money back. I'm not. I've never quite followed that. Um. I mean, she has very much made out that it's sort of to get Monica going. And after one um, catering gig, gig, uh, it's probably unlikely that she's in a position to immediately give all the money back. She's back to square one in that situation, isn't she? Well, even if she had made enough money, yeah, exactly. Like, like you say, if you're sort of, yeah, it has the vibe of investing in a startup, doesn't it? You're not sort of saying, I'm literally giving you this so you can get the bus to work today and then give me back immediately as soon as you get paid, you know? Um, and Phoebe, in fairness to her, does sort of back down quite quickly, but it, it just it was just a sort of strange thing. It was literally seems to be the next day, doesn't it? Where she's like, cool, $500, please. Yeah. Also, the sort of transaction element of funerals. Again, not been to many, but... I wouldn't have thought caterers, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, caterers of the world. I wouldn't have thought caterers sort of just want a bag of cash at the end of a Immediate payment. You know, like on the day? Yeah, well, although... Surely there's a sort of invoicing system that's that's done before or afterwards for stuff like this. Although, you know, there's the bit where Monica... I, I think you read in the synopsis that Monica is uh, intimidated. Yeah. Like, she does, she's not intimidated by the woman because she the woman's just stood there having her right sing song on a piano. Yeah, but before that, she sort of has a little tear moment, doesn't she? And, and like, you know, you've got to admire the hustle of a woman who's immediately using her dead husband to save a bit of cash. Like, she's, she's, she's pulling it out there, doesn't she? Yeah, I mean, she, doesn't, she doesn't seem immediately upset, does she? Um, by, as you say, the jolly singing. But I just, yeah, I just think, I just think you'd, you'd deal with that afterwards, right? No matter whether it's a wedding or a funeral, you know, a happy or a sad occasion. Like, I send a, get a deposit, send an invoice. You ain't going up to the bride in the middle of a funeral or the groom, are you? And just going, got a card reader? Do you mind just putting your pin in it? You know, like, and sort of after after the meal's done, but before the event's finished. It's a very weird, 
also, way of doing Also, based it. on the number of people that are there, what they're invoicing for is approximately 12 omelettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an amount of money that you're going to live or die by, is it? No, I think I think Monica could wait for it, or, or the widow could, yeah, probably have pre-written a cheque, I guess. For, tw- um. for 12... <laughs> For 24 eggs. <laughs> Here is a $50 bill. Keep the change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and finally, my favourite thing about this whole plot line, I think, is the most glorious of all the greetings when Phoebe just bursts into the room and goes, hey, widow. <laughs> yeah, that is good. <laughs> that is absolutely peak Phoebe, and I love it. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And we're on to Kathy and Chandler and Joey and the presents and the Velveteen Rabbit and a joke that I've never got before, which, which we'll come bit? to in a minute. Oh, oh yeah, I was going to tease it. Do you want to do it now? Or should yeah, we do go it? for it's it. Right, no, it's curious. right at the end. Okay, well, we'll, we'll go, we'll work backwards, shall we? I never understand the understand. I never understood how to say the word understand. I never understood. I understood Christ. This is what almost uneditable because I've sort of self-referred to it. Oh so yeah, much. you fucked it. <laughs> I never understood the line uh, when Joey gave it to me. He said, "This is because I know you like rabbits and I, I know, know you, you like, like cheese. cheese." Is velveteen a type of cheese? Velveeta is a brand of cheese in America. There you go. And that is only what I learned today by researching it. Uh, um, I've never heard of Velveeta, and therefore it was a completely... That just bypassed Sounds a lot forever. like Belvita. Belvita? I went through... Well, yeah, you know Belvita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like breakfast biscuits. Yeah, yeah, the cracker, the cracker things, right? Yeah, I, I can't buy those anymore. Why? Because when I buy them, I eat them all in one day. Yeah, that is good, isn't it? They used to do these, like, great crunchy biscuits, um, which I, once I ate one Belvita, I lost control. 
sort of <laughs> you sound like you're trying to do a uh rip off of a pringles advert without using the well, catchphrase that is <laughs> i'm applying the the principle of pringles to belvita biscuits the principle yeah um Belvita biscuits are just biscuits aren't they they've done a remarkable job in branding it to be yeah. like it's a breakfast it's just a chocolate chip cookie yeah slow energy release throughout the day de- no, no that's bullshit. Bullshit. It's, it's just, just a, a fucking, fucking biscuit, cookie mate. yeah yeah um christ i didn't expect us to go hard on Belvita today <laughs> Belvita really getting it getting it right in the neck aren't they so yeah anyway Velveeta is apparently a brand of cheese in america so that i'm sure made sense to anybody listening is the velveteen um, rabbit a real book Yes. All right, okay. Very, yes, definitely. And also uh, referred to as both Kathy's favourite book here, and then later, about four, 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 four or five years later, as, as Chandler's favourite book at the Halloween party, isn't it? No. Oh, okay. Um, so some, I think somebody that writes Friends is obviously a bit obsessed with the Velveteen Rabbit. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so anyway, so we'll brrr, let's cycle back to the start of this plotline, shall we? Yep. Um, I can relate, having done this before, to Chandler's clearly on-the-spot excuse for not buying Phoebe a birthday present, which he's then forgotten about. I'm saying it's effectively in the post. <laughs> it's in the post. <laughs> it's on the way. Oh, I ordered it. It's not arrived yet. And I'd say I've, I use that fairly often because it's true, because I usually do think of a really good gift maybe the day before, and then it is late and I bring it the next week. But it is also a good way of getting out of presents sometimes. And now I've said it, any of my friends that do listen to this podcast, I'm never going to be able to use that again, even if it is true. So I'm really backing myself into a corner here. But I was just saying that's a very relatable moment. That you're a terrible bastard who doesn't like buying presents. Oh, do you know what, Pete? In general, I think, what's all right? I don't want to get too deep into my opinions on birthday cards and birthday presents. Cards can do one. Yeah, cards cards are a waste of time. Cards are bad for the environment. Nobody keeps them. Like, I get it. So here are the cards that are acceptable. Immediate family. Other half. Best friend, if you want to write something really meaningful, because it's like a significant birthday or a significant anniversary, I think. But, you know, you get cards off mates that just is like, Dear Dave, happy birthday. Love, John. Yeah, pointless. And then it's like, great. All the best. Um... And then that goes in the bit, that goes in the bit, like, what a bizarre transaction. So I, I, on principle, don't buy cards. Presents are a bit different, I'm sure, but I think I have a sort of arrangement with a lot of, my, even my family, actually, where we're just like, what's the point? Me and my sister don't buy each other presents anymore for birthdays. We're just like, we'll buy each other gifts if we see things over the year that we like. But the idea of trying to find something on that specific day, I just think it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a forced thing. So uh, anybody who knows Dave and is listening to this, that is his way of drastically lowering your expectations. <laughs> I would say I'm quite a good gift giver in general, though. Well, you don't sound like it. No, but when I, when it's when it's important and significant, all yeah. over it, you know. Okay. There you go. Anyway, yeah, I do have to. one of those things where I, I forget that what we're doing here is effectively broadcasting. Yes. I just think we're having a chat. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah you've, you've, you've caused yourself issues. Absolutely. Anyway, Chandler's bought an incredibly rare gift for Kathy. He's tracked down this sort of first edition of the Velveteen Rabbit. Um, uh, much effort, I'd say. He's gone to a lot of a lot oh, of yeah. personal uh, energy expense there, hasn't he? Called in a lot of favours. I love that he's just like called a few of the grand, the author's grandchildren, as if that's like 
He's got oh, a yeah, up. he's gone all out because he's deeply in love. Yes, and but here's my problem with it, Pete, right? Um, he's deeply in love. And I think the group as a whole takes Chandler's side in this whole debate. And Joey says something that I don't think is that unreasonable. And everybody treats like he's a heartless bastard. Is and it he when says, he asks about buying someone a present and then he, they <laughs> all of a sudden you're empathising with him? But he says, I've only, we've only been dating a couple of weeks. And I think that is reasonable to question whether you would actually buy someone a meaningful present after only been dating a couple of weeks. I'd say it's actually more dangerous to get somebody something really heartfelt and meaningful. A couple of weeks, Pete. That is, at best, five dates, right? If you're going really hard. I'd, I'd say... <laughs> um, sort of dating commitment-wise, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Got like a nice little thing... A nice little... M- or buy dinner. Right, exactly. I'd probably buy a ticket to a show. or so, You know, something that's like a bit like, yeah, right, it's your birthday. Here's your birthday treat. But like a couple of weeks, I think Joey's well within his rights to be like, really? And then Rachel's like, yeah, you got to get something really special. Nah, absolute bullshit. And to follow on to that, Chandler, chill the fuck out. This goes back to my earlier, let's chill the fuck out. If Joey's only been dating her a couple of weeks, that means Chandler's only known her a couple of weeks, which means... Stop it. Yeah, <laughs> Stop. fair point. You should not be calling around the grandchildren of Marjorie What's-A-Chops. Just to find a, a present. To find this incredibly significant present for someone you've known a couple of weeks. I think I'm team Joey here, frankly, on, on all of this. What's uh, a random reference to uh, Joey having an ex of three years? Yes, yeah. Doesn't feel very Joey, that. No, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't. I think there's a lot of... Um, I was sort of reading around like that. I think it's a lot of uh, continuity nonsense and people going, wow, I don't think that, you know, I think there's enough references across the series that kind of disprove that. But it is a funny gag that the idea that he's been going out with someone for three years and she hasn't had a single birthday. On the subject of continuity nonsense, yeah, I actually noticed when Rachel was sat at the table that there um, wasn't a fruit bowl. Shit, that's one question. There was a a bottle of what I think was honey Mm. in the middle of the table, but there was no fruit bowl. Christ, well, look, if we do have a quiz, and who knows, because the jeopardy is the reason that most of you listen now. If if there were hypothetically a quiz, there can't be one about the fruit bowl. Now, can there, Pete? Can't, no. So what would be there hypothetically if there was a quiz? Who knows? You'll have to wait and see if there is a quiz. It won't be long now. Especially if I stop talking about whether there is or not a quiz. Uh, Where I'd say me and Joey probably do part ways on this gift-giving journey, though, is his complete... uh, What's the word? So, again, lack of awareness about what makes a good gift and also his sort of unnerving confidence in the fact that the clock pen is actually a good gift, you know? Yeah, it really pushes the pen, doesn't he? He's been to a stationery store, which everyone's like, okay, no, what are you doing? And then he's got this pen and they've gone, that is terrible. And he's gone, no, it's amazing. Look, it's a pen and you can turn it over. Oh, it's time for my date with Joey. Like, he's so confident in it. It, it, It's, um, yeah, if you're going to get someone something, the clock pen isn't the one. that I will cede that, certainly. And then poor Chandler gets it foisted upon him as his gift. Um, and I really felt for Chandler in that moment. I feel like that is a very relatable situation where you're like, I can't say no now without giving away this entire game. So I'm going to have to go with this thing, even though it makes me look like an absolute prick. Yeah, true. 
Um, luckily, Kathy clocks, or luckily or unluckily, because this is now the start of a, a disastrous road, isn't it? Yes, it all goes a bit tits up, doesn't it? Because she realises it must be Chandler because of the Velveeta cheese saga that we now understand that we never did before. Uh, although there is a nice moment where Chandler sort of reminds himself about Joey being his best friend, you know, and sort of keeps himself in check for the time being, at least. Well, so it doesn't at least, last long, though, does it? Doesn't, doesn't last long. Doesn't last bloody long, no. Um, and there you go. And that's where we leave the sort of Joey Chandler, Kathy saga poised for heartbreak and disaster. It's a bit dramatic, wasn't it? I liked it. Yeah. I do actually, there's one line I forgot to mention that, I, that really makes me laugh all the time, which is very Joey when, uh, he bursts into the apartment and goes, oh, it's, I've got to meet Kathy in 10 minutes. I've been looking all over for you. And Chandler obviously goes, where? Because he's in one of the three places they ever go. And jo- Joey's, uh, you know, our place, the hall. Like, I love the idea that he's been frantically looking around in two small rooms. Two places. Yeah, yeah and hasn't gone to the obvious third one. Uh, all right, Pete, the moment of truth. Let's do what this. everyone listens for this. Yeah. Is there or is there not a quiz? There is a quiz. There is a quiz. Now, question two. Was this quiz acquired, A, through excellent organizational skills by Dave, or B, <laughs> other? Uh, it, it, it was acquired via you doing something, yes. Yeah, baby. But, it's, just, it's just nice to know when I'm good at admin, you know? But we have two people to thank for the actual quiz. Two? Yeah, uh, Sean. Sean. But Sean says, Sean. my 14-year-old daughter Olivia helped me. Oh, Olivia, thank you. And then she adds, which was fitting, as Cheryl the Dirty Girl is 100% Olivia in 10 years. <laughs> 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 oh, Olivia, what your mother thinks of you, hey? Uh, right, you ready? Yeah. Question one. What era of paleontology does Cheryl the Dirty Girl specialise in? Uh, uh, God. I don't remember this word coming Cres- up. So. Something zoic, something zoic. Cre- cre- uh... It's impressive. Oh. Cenozoic. Cenozoic, yeah. It's just, it was on the tip of my brain somewhere. Yeah, If I'd have known some eras of paleontology, I'd probably got that better. Question two, what flavour of Pringles does Cheryl look into when trying to find Mitzi the hamster? Oh, uh, really good question, that. Isn't it green? I think green. Uh, sour cream and onion. Yeah, that's the that's the green ones. That's, that's the, the green, green one. ones. Dave knows his Pringles. Uh, question three: What was the name? Oh, I know this one. What was the name of Joey's ex girlfriend who didn't have a birthday in the three years they were dating? Angela Del Vecchio. Correct. Question four: <laughs> This is a well phrased question. What two items does Ross hit the rat with? <laughs> a uh, racket, like a, a spatula. Uh, a tennis racket in a toilet brush. Ah, it's a toilet brush, is it? Yeah. And finally, what name does Phoebe suggest for the catering business? I remember this too. Go on. I'll say the first bit and then you'll know the second. Yeah. Hard ass. And wuss. Correct. Correct. Yeah, Christ. God, Thank you, Sean and Olivia. Good quiz, both. Thank you very much. Uh, would you like to know next week's episode? Yes, I would like to know next week's episode. Uh, it's the one where Monica sings. Ooh. Or effectively, the one with Monica's nipples. 
Oh, actually, Peter, do you know what? This is timely as mulch. Who's requested this? Uh, Kerry. Kerry. Do you know what? And this is irrelevant to anybody but me, frankly. But I am going to take, I'm going to read a lot into the significance of the fact that uh, this episode set where? In, oh, in a piano bar. In Mike's piano bar. is going to be done the week I open my piano bar. Oh. That's quite nice, isn't it? That is me. nice. That is nice. That's like one of those little, like, oh, it's all going to be all right. Or it's all going to go wrong and someone's going to get their tits out or something. You know, so it could go either way. <laughs> Some people would see that as it going well. Yeah. Do you know what, Pete? I've got no end to that. <laughs> very, very, very different kind of bar if someone's got their tits out, though. It is. I'm in a la Monica. I didn't mean like in a strip club, you know? I think you need a different license for that. Yes, absolutely do. Yes. Well, there you go. Look, let's hope that. It just all goes well for everybody. <laughs> we've gone down a crazy path here, Pete. What a note to end it on. We've lost our way. What a note to end it on. All the best. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Traffic jams tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.